Hello, everybody. On this Wednesday, it's the halfway point of the week. You're tuning into the AFC versus NFC podcast with Nick and Kyle. Nick, how are you doing, my man? It's been a week since I've last talked to you. What, uh, what, what, what have you been up to? What'd you do, this? man? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if you played back the first episode. In this episode, I had a super bad cold. <laughs> Actually, kind of started like Thursday. So the day after we recorded Friday, I had to call into work. My last day I could miss, <laughs> otherwise I'll get fired. <laughs> but feeling better, feeling better. How are you doing? Good. Not bad, not too bad. Uh had the pleasure of having a birthday this past Sunday. So show did. Show did. Happy birthday, my guy. 24. Champ Bailey years old. Champ <laughs> I was gonna say Mamba year, but that's a different Hey, Mamba year too. That works too. Shout out to Kobe. R.I.P. R.I.P. It was nice, though. It was nice. I'm glad you thank you. Thank you. Um uh, Let's just get into it today, man. Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, we're just going to talk about uh, a tough issue that that happened uh, over this past week. Um, Dwayne Haskins passing away. Um, Twenty four years young, man. He's he was he was just a kid. Um, our age. Blessed, literally, yeah, our age. I'm blessed to 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 be in the position I am to to still uh, en- enjoy my family uh, and and friends that are close and dear to me. So. Um, I can only imagine what his family's going through. His wife, um, he'll definitely be missed with uh, his drafting team, the Washington football team, uh, as well as the Pittsburgh Steelers that he was currently a part of. Yeah, man, I I kind of woke up and I saw the the tweet, kind of a bad wording there from Adam Schefter, but um, I almost didn't believe it. You know what I'm saying? It was very shocking especially because you know you think of athletes almost as like superhuman kind of people and so you don't think that they're as fragile as you are you know right. what i mean and yeah it was it, it was definitely like what i kind of had to take a, take a step back and um yeah you know i saw that video of chase claypool too you know he was pretty emotional they said it was working out the day before and uh no it's super sad i remember when he was coming out after that crazy good season i was pounding the table i wanted denver to get dwayne haskins we ended up getting drew lock but uh no yeah super sad man definitely goes out to to his family my thoughts it's unfortunate you know i i read he ran out of gas he was just trying to go to a gas station to get a jug and fill up his tank so like got hit crossing the road like that's I mean that's about as shocking and you know tragic and like wow just a wow it's very sad yeah yeah it's been uh it's been a tough weekend I think for uh, a lot of Haskins fans uh obviously it stems back into his days at Ohio State uh where he has uh records held um tough it's tough. On the 23rd, they've got the first memorial scheduled for him up in New Jersey at uh, Rockaway Township. Uh, so I, I assume there's going to be a good turnout of in friends and, and fans. Uh, I think the day after that, they're looking to head down into Maryland and hold something there. So uh, Yeah, it was it was nice to see his, uh, his jersey up in the Ohio State Stadium, too, the other day. And yeah. All the people stopping by, dropping flowers. It's, you know, it's, uh, damn, it's just super unfortunate it is it is it really is um to lighten a little bit 
um, we'd like to kind of turn it over a little bit to some news that happened uh, earlier today. Derek Carr signing a three-year, $121.5 million deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he's there to stay for a little bit longer, Mr. Bronco fan. How do you feel about that? I mean, listen, they paid they paid the man forty one million a year, right? And I'm a I'm gonna extrapolate those numbers, right? Um, forty one, like four and a one, right? He's the fourth best quarterback in the division, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one he doesn't have a single. Playoff win, not one. But I'll tell you what, like, even though the Raiders, I I do think that they're probably going to finish fourth, but I wouldn't bet on any of it because Derek Carr is a guy who, you know, he will give you a chance. And night in, night out, he'll he'll carve you up. He doesn't make any mistakes, really. Um, it's really hard to get him to throw any interceptions. Um, you know what I mean? So... I think him, Devontae, that's going to be a good matchup. I like the no-trade clause, you know, because you heard all the rumors. Hey, you know, the Raiders are going to trade for uh, Russ. They're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. They're going to trade for, you know, whoever. It's like Carr has been a really solid quarterback. I mean, really the best Raiders quarterback I can even think of because, like, you know, we haven't been alive since they've been good. Mm. So, yeah, what what, do you think when you saw it? Uh, I, I'm a Derek Carr fan. I like what he's done there in Oakland and now in uh, He's, I don't want to say him single-handedly has turned around that organization over the last 10-plus years, uh, but he has been a focal point in their success. Like, big piece. Big piece. Big piece. Uh, like you said, it's hard for him to kind of turn the ball over unless he's making a knucklehead play, but he hasn't really made those plays since he came into the league, you know? So... Uh, last year was a pretty pretty clean season. Obviously, he was he was hurt a little bit. Had to have Mario come in and step in when he had to. But uh, Derek Carr will always give that team a chance. And as long as he has weapons around him, they're deadly. And he has weapons like weapons. Around him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, tight end, receiver, one slot guy. That I mean, they they have two. They have like three of the best pass catchers. I think that you could have, and it's kind of hard to forget, but Darren Waller was injured for most of last season. Right. Right. And so when you get him back into the fold and Derek Carr is one of those guys, he's consistently top five, top 10 in passing yards. I, I mean, he puts up numbers nothing but numbers, you right. know, no wins, but you know, numbers. Um, and he's, yeah, got- I, 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 the one thing I kind of worry about with the Raiders and I like this as a Broncos fan, I love it. When they start paying him next year and they pay Devontae Adams that crazy money, I mean, that's that's two big guys. Um, and then they, they paid Crosby. So then it's – I mean, you're kind of seeing that effect with the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill. It's like you, you can only pay this many amount of guys with the cap league. So I'm hoping, you know, maybe this is their, this is their one shot and they don't get it. That would be very nice for me, you know, being, being the hater that I am. <laughs> Hopefully uh, that's what happens. But, yeah, I, I, I would say deserved. It's a little, I think, fair for his market because you got guys like Mahomes, who clearly I would say it's better getting $50 million a year. And 
He's over at 41. I think that's market value. That's fair. Yeah. I see that. I see that side. I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think what the guys up in the Raiders organization really want to do, you know, Mike Mayock and all of them, uh, just want to keep what they've got going. Uh, good for them. I, I think they've seen a lot of teams. Uh, oh, they got rid of Mayock. What? Yep. They got when, rid of Mike Mayock. When did this happen? Uh, this, this offseason. Uh, they fired him and they fired, or they didn't fire Basaccia, but they were like, we're going to move on. Yeah. Yeah, huh? yeah, man. So yeah. they got they got question marks at that GM position. You better hope they draft well. They better well. Yeah, making all these uh, free agency acquisitions real quick because if they don't draft well, they can at least have uh, current players ready to roll. Right. Oh, wow, that is that's a kicker for them. I had no idea. Thank you for the update. Yeah, you know, I got the AFC. I got the AFC side for you. That's exactly what this is intended to do. We're going to stick around in the AFC real quick. Uh, Stephen Gilmore, he's still not picked up anybody yet, but he visited the Colts today. Um, I'm shocked that he hasn't been picked up yet. I, I do like that ends up in Indy. Not bad. Indianapolis has been trying to, you know, rebuild their defense a little bit more, and he would add veteran staff championship uh like experience um definitely a key focal point especially at that safety position yeah and you know he didn't he only played about half the season last year in carolina mm. um i'm not exactly sure what his injury was if he had an injury but you know that that guy he's he's an all pro and not that long ago either you know and he was solid in buffalo super solid in new england um a guy we had a guy last year, Kyle Fuller. We gave him a shot, and I am super shocked. A guy like Kyle Fuller, who is good, but he he was never Stephon Gilmore. But Stephon Gilmore is still out there. That's a little crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, he probably would have been picked up a lot sooner, uh, sooner than Xavier Woods, who was uh, released by by Minnesota uh, in this off season as well, and he found a home relatively quickly. So. I think Carolina picked him up. So, I'm, I'm, uh, what are teams seeing in Stephen Gilmore that maybe not chance? Could it be age? I mean, it, it could be. He's only played eight years, though. That's not. I mean, okay. it's that's not young, but it's not old. Right. He's still right in there. He's got years left on 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 his on his uh, NFL lifespan there. So I don't know. Indianapolis. I feel like there's certain certain teams, certain markets that uh, make NFL players feel like home. Um, and I think it's when you focus on a little bit more of the heartland, those teams, you got teams like uh, Green Bay, who likes to hold on to, to good talent for a long time. Uh, Minnesota, another one, if they, if they find a diamond in the rough, they won't let them go. Adam Thielen certainly was one of them. Uh, Indianapolis definitely could be another one. Um, but I guess, I guess it just depends on the pedigree of the player. So... I like Stephen Gilmore. If you find a spot in Indianapolis, I think that would be a good fit too. I won't be upset with it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into today. Today will be quote unquote mock draft day for us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and choose about the best, I'll say, scenarios. Um, I've got a list here for myself. I'm covering a little bit of the NFC teams here. Uh, I've got my 
top 12 best draftees. And I've got them going to 12 different organizations. Well, not 12 different organizations, 10 different organizations. Uh, a couple of those are repeat organizations as they have more than one pick in the first round. Um, but I've been kind of fully so, uh, solely focused on this first round. Um, but if you want to start off first, Nick, in the AFC, we'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I think the first the first overall pick with Jacksonville, right, they would love to trade back, but I don't think anybody is going to be willing to give up any kind of capital, even if it's a one-for-one one and maybe they get a one next year. I, I don't think there's a guy that is going to command that in this year's draft. With that being said, um, you know, they got guard Brandon Scherf, um, signed Cam, uh, Cam Robinson back. So I, their line is a problem, right? Mm -hmm. But I think they're going to go defense here. Um, it's, it's never bad to have a playmaker, right? And the Jacksonville Jaguars, I like this up, 27th and sacks, right? Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan. I mean, that's, I that would be a pretty safe bet, right? Guy's got 14 sacks, you know, two forced fumbles. Uh, not the fastest guy, but strong. Mm. You know what I mean? And just a burst. Anytime you get that playmaker, it seems like the two most important positions now are quarterbacks and the guys who are going to get after the quarterbacks. Yep. And if Trevor Lawrence can save a take a step with Aiden Hutchinson, boom, I got it. Houston will be next up in the top pick, right? For me, they're picking at number three. And I have the Lions, surprisingly, I think they're getting a Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, they went with uh, Sewell last year, right? So I think they're not going to go in the line. But Houston, I think they are going to go in the line. Big old Alabama tackle, Evan Neal. Mm. Mm. he's huge and when I was watching the tape it seems you know if defen defensive linemen they'll switch I think Houston right needs a guy who has a a guy who adapts and that's what it seems like Evan Neal does to me is the defense will throw these things at him different moves um, stunts and he can pick guys up right um, maybe he'll get beat the first half of the block, but he still won't give up his block. That was one of the things I really liked about him. And then just the size. I mean, that's one of the things you get. I mean, he went to Alabama. He had good coaches, but, you know, it's just going to keep getting better for him. I like that. Um, and keeping with the Jets, I'm just going to go the first three, and then I'm going to kick it back off to you. Okay. But I'm going to go the Jets here at four. Iki Ikwandu, right? North Carolina State. Um, you know, he's played left guard and tackle. Right. So you like that kind of versatility in a guy, especially as a rookie, you know, I mean, a top pick, you want him to come in and be an impact kind of guy. But I think for the Jets, you know, they gave up the fourth most sacks. Part of that is definitely on uh, Zach Wilson. But you're giving up the fourth most sacks and your line definitely isn't the greatest. Right. So I think you got a guy like that. And, you know, when I was watching it, this dude's fast. He's, he's a fast runner for a lineman. Right. They had a bunch of screen plays. I see him getting out and he's, you know, sprinting up with a tight end, catching a screen pass, it's, it's pretty impressive. And this dude's, like, relentless. He's one of those guys, like, you know, he's going to hit you, and you better get down and stay down because he's going to keep hitting you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's some offensive line, but you got to be me. You know what I mean? So, like, those are the, the three top AFC teams in the top 12, which is really hard to predict. So uh, I'm going I'm to kick it off to you in the NFC, which is a little more loaded uh, – 
now that the Broncos moved out of the top 10 and nine. Yeah. Kind of taken over uh, the draft in a way. And it's simply because uh, they kind of underperformed last year as a conference. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think, I think too, the AFC has made so many different moves this year that it's, it's just like the NFC really needs a hit on this draft too. I see that we've got a couple people, a uh, couple draftees uh, aligned on our list here. Um, I'm going to go top three uh, draft choices here in the NFC. Uh, the Lions, they got that two spot right there. Um, I see, I see where they're going with Jared Goff. They want to keep him on. Uh, Give him some more time to kind of build up to the offense uh, and, and hopefully win more games, which, like I said last week, shouldn't be hard for this Lions team um, than they did. <laughs> Weekly jab at the Lions. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Too easy. It's too easy with these guys. Come on. Um, I see them going offensive. Uh, and, and from that perspective, I see them drafting a wide receiver. Uh, this could be a long shot, but Chris Alave from Ohio State could be something that at two, uh, yeah, at two. That's saying a lot. Bold, very bold. Well, there wasn't too many wide receivers. Uh, I thought to me that really stood out. Um, on my top twelve list here, I've only got two, and it's 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 old boy from Ohio State and Drake London. Drake London, yeah. So that's really all I've got. And Drake London, I see him going top ten. But I don't see him at number two. Uh, I think I think Alave, you could call him a sleeper, but he's not my sleeper. I think he's I think he's about the business. Uh, coming from Ohio State, just going up a little bit north to Detroit isn't going to hurt him too much. Uh, if he can get on the same page with Jared Goff, things could look better for for Detroit. Um, the next team I've got are are the Giants. They're uh, they're slotted here at at the number five pick. Um, boy, do the Giants need help. <laughs> the Giants need help. Uh, it's easy to go ahead and point at the offensive line, especially when they're retaining uh, Daniel Jones and bringing in uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor uh, at the QB spot. They clearly aren't looking to draft a quarterback right now. That's not in their cards. They need to focus on that interior. Um, but I don't see them going offensive linemen first. I see them going defensive linemen. And I see none other than Jermaine Johnson from Florida State University. Go Knowles. Um, I think he can be factor strong. He's quick. Uh, the AC week here, obviously, Florida State has been on the downslide the last five, six seasons uh, since the departure of Jimbo and the long, uh, the long forgotten, forgotten days of Jameis Winston. Travel um, victory. Um, I like J I like Jermaine Johnson. Uh, I, I had a chance to watch Florida State play a few times last year. Uh, strong, quick, has a great first move off the line. Uh, an edge rushing position is only going to get more popular in the NFL as these quarterbacks become a lot more uh, able to scramble. Um, yeah. So that that NFC East has some quarterbacks that can scramble. Carson Wentz can run out of the pocket if he needs to. Uh, Jalen Hurts, we all know that Dak Prescott with those thick old quads, what he can do when he moves out, out out of the pocket over the line of scrimmage. 
you need edge rushers to keep that contain and this guy could possibly do it um he might need some help to start off obviously you need help and and some training to to catch the ropes of the nfl it's a quicker game but jj from fsu i can see that happening for the uh for the, for the giants the next pick would be the sixth pick um and the panthers hold that one carolina I see them looking for a quarterback here. I don't think they have anyone that they can truly, truly put their trust into. Um, Sam Darnold clearly wasn't the guy. Cam Newton. I agree. Can't rely more. Um, so they might go young. They might play Sam Darnold for a little portion of the season. Uh, but I think ultimately they will be end up drafting Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty University. Uh, a four-hour trip south from me. In the in the corner corner of of, of Virginia, and the, uh, Malik Willis did great things. Liberty's a small school; they don't get the attention that they deserve. But they've been balling out for the last four seasons, and in the last couple, have been greatly in part of this guy. He's got a super sharp release. The guy has he's been dropping dimes these last two years. If I hope you know who he is. Oh yeah, Malik Willis, bro. I, everything, everything that I heard was at the uh, not the combine, but uh, the down in Mobile, Alabama, the Senior Bowl. He was a top QB. Yeah. Every, everything that I'm seeing, I mean, not everything, but a lot of a lot of what I'm seeing is Malik Willis was really, really impressive throwing the deep ball. Very nice. That's something I I, I would like that in Carolina. That would, that would be nice. That would be nice. I think they still got uh, Robbie Anderson down there too, right? Wide out. So yep. Yep. Get that ball out there. Something Sam Donald couldn't do, dude. Right. Can I? Can I? Can I get a little? Uh, can I throw a little wrench in this? Give you. Give you my my take on what I think is going to happen here. Yeah. So so at five, right? What the Giants also pick at seven. They do. Right. They so they're not. They, they're not giving up too much to get out of there. What did the Saints do? They went and got another first-round pick. I think the Saints packaged the 16-19 and 19 pick to the Giants, and they pick Malik Willis. I know it's a little risky because, you know, they just signed Jameis Winston, but it took him so long. He's still rehabbing. You don't know if he's going to be ready. It might be a scenario where it's like, you know, the, the Chargers they got, Justin Herbert at five, but they still were going to play Tyrod Taylor until he got punctured in the lung. So yeah. I think Malik Willis, Saints, and they they just give up those two picks, right? So that's I think that's a fair giveaway because then the Giants would still have three first-round picks in this year's draft and picking at seven. And then, you know, if, if that's a guy Carolina wants, and I still think Carolina would pick a quarterback at that point, Kenny Pickett. You know, Matt Rule, there's a connection there. Uh, so I like your Carolina with the QB, but I just – I got to believe that the Saints are doing something with that trade because it just didn't make any sense. It did not make any sense to me. It doesn't make sense, but also I just don't see New Orleans adding another quarterback to that – you got Jameis Winston, right? You no, have- they said he's going to play tight end now. I mean – not hard for the guy to put on weight, but come on. Andy Dalton, he's also on the roster. Don't forget you have Mr. Do-It-All, Taysom Hill. That's true. So I don't That's know true. if that is something the Saints are necessarily worried about. And if they are, I don't know if they'd risk it all on a rookie. 
personally. I just, I just, I just got to find some meaning in the 16 and nine, like that trade with the Eagles that just, I mean, the Eagles fleeced them out of that deal. So like, I'm just like, there's gotta be something behind it. Cause they did. I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe I am reaching, maybe this is like a fantasy land. I woke up, had a dream, but I'm just thinking like, what are they doing with that trade? Like it has to be, they, they got it. That Like it's an asset, you know, having the first round picks. Hey, this, this is why you're the NFC guy, man. I'm, I'm leaving it up to you. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of curious, too, what they truly planned on doing. I don't know. If you look at the Saints' needs, I mean, and you are a secondary Saints fan, I would say. Um, as well, well I, I used to like them with, with Drew Brees in, like, middle school, but not really. <laughs> Days of old. Days of old. It's, and we know why. 2009 is a forgettable year. <laughs> I don't know. Their needs, I think, would focus more around their defense. Um, although we know their defense is good, I feel like they would only want to improve it uh, just so they can continue. It's a beautiful problem to have for any team to have too many good players. Right. Beautiful problem. Right. I just don't see quarterback being in their, in their cards. Um, but the Giants, you're right. You mentioned they do have a seven spot, too, in the draft. And that's where I see them picking up Evan Neal from Bama. To yeah. tackling. I had I had a I had a SEC guard there or tackle there too, Charles Cross. That's mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking, but they need someone. Pro football focus had them the thirtieth ranked offensive line. So <laughs> you can only get better. <laughs> like come on, come on. I wanna like the Giants. I really, really want to like the Giants, but they need a lot of they need a lot of help and I will believe it when I see it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Atlanta, Atlanta, dude, they're, they they got the eight spot. That's where I said I like Drake London as a receiver. I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to solve your problems, but you're only helping him out with talent. I like that. Yeah, talent. I like that. He's got a quick fall, dude. How Especially with Calvin Ridley out for the season. I like that. Right. Um, the nine spot was Seattle, the Seahawks. I have uh, a linebacker going there, maybe a, a little, a little uh, reincarnation of the Legion of Boom, uh, bringing in a linebacker from Utah, Devin Lloyd, could probably help out the Pac-12. It's a quick, quick kind of conference when it comes to football. I think high-powered offenses to be a good defense and to be a good defender, you got to have keep up with all those boys especially when you're going up against teams like oregon and uh southern california so i kind of like what i saw in film i didn't see too much about devin lloyd to be honest with you but he's the only linebacker i saw potential that, that could go in the first round i'm not saying he's going to be well i am saying he's going to be the ninth pick in the- <laughs> <laughs> but, but you I- wouldn't put you wouldn't put your money on it if I had coverage of all 32 teams, not the NFC, it would go a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that I'm covering NFC teams, I'm going out on a limb here. The number nine pick going to Seattle, re-engaging LOB. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, what do you uh, got? So 10 is the Jets, 
right? Let me let me let me get back into that. Let me get back into that. Yeah, let's go back to right. So the way the way my mock kind of unfolded, um, I had Sauce Gardner to Seattle. You know, I figured with with Diggs and Adams and the with two safeties in Seattle, Sauce Gardner. I mean, that's bringing back like I'm not necessarily Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas, but those safeties are really good up there. And you know, add Sauce Gardner. He's one of the bigger dudes. And I think the Jets are kicking themselves in the foot. But Derek Stingley Jr., right, LSU cornerback. Yeah. I think that's where they're going to go with it. You know, they're in a division now where they got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell two times a year. Mm. Bills, Josh Allen, who apparently is a scrub to you, which is a little hot take, full of them, full of them, my guy. <laughs> um, I mean, the Jets, you know, but – and the Patriots, um, you know, they they don't they they made that move to to get Parker last week, but you know it's it's always good to have a corner, especially like the Jets with the last ranked defense in the league from last year. So I think Derek Stingley Jr. is definitely going to be a guy that goes there. I was thinking, you know, maybe uh, perhaps Trayvon Walker, defensive lineman, Georgia, mm. but. Just they have Quinn and Williams, and you know maybe it's something they kind of weigh in their head. Like, do we really want just like a rotational guy, or do we want a starter? That's what I think in Derek Stingley Jr. You know he's he's quick. I mean, like really quick. Uh, his instincts when I was watching the tape is like it's crazy. He will sniff out the ball on any play and runs in the backfield. He's not he's not afraid to get in there. He has a little tackling issues. He doesn't really wrap up, um, and you know injuries kind of plagued him in his college career but it's high risk high reward for them i think i think the jets need help on defense um they, they need help everywhere but, <laughs> oh, but I, I like i like getting the cornerback to new york especially with josh allen and now the dolphins receiving core looking dangerous yeah, yeah. i like that it's the hometown for me here, the Washington Commanders. Um, you bring in Carson Wentz, you know, a guy who you can say he's a pocket passer, but if he has to scramble, and, uh, but you don't want him to get the scramble. You want him to be comfortable in the pocket. And really, Washington hasn't had a quarterback that has been comfortable in the pocket for a very long time. Um, they've been struggling with quarterbacks forever. Uh, in order to get this guy here that they brought in to stick around for a little while, you need some help. So I got them picking up an offensive lineman, one by the name of Kenyon Green from A&M. Um, I like Jimbo Fisher. Um, as painful as it is for him, to, for me to see him leave Florida State, he went over to A&M, uh, and he's been doing some good things. They haven't, you know, been in the competition for an SEC championship, but uh, they've been competing uh, week in, week out. Offensive line is something that I think Washington needs, though. Um, they have the speed on the outside with their receivers. They've got a deep running back depth. Uh, and they have a quarterback that can play. And and if they need one in, in, in the chamber, they've got one as well. That offensive know what their defense is already capable of. If they play well and stay healthy, Chase Young and the gang, they can get the job done. That offensive line needs help. Maybe a tight end too, but in the draft right now, I think they're going for the Hogs, and that's why I like Kenyon Green at eleven. I like that. I had them. I had them with, with uh, Drake London. I thought a big wide receiver, 
mm. mixed with Terry McLaurin, who's kind of a smaller dude, not smaller, quote unquote, he's six feet, but you know, Drake London, six, four, I thought him and uh, Drake London together, I think that would help Carson Wentz game out a lot, but yeah, no, I'd, offensive linemen, you know, I think are so important in the draft, you know, cause in free agency, you hear about them, but it's the big splash guys. It's the receivers. It's the running backs. It's the safeties. It's the corners, you know. So the, the draft is where the emphasis really seems to be, you know, build that cohesiveness. So I like it. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of big fellas in this draft. There's a lot. I've never seen such depth with it. So it's going to be interesting. I really did think that this draft was going to be a little boring uh, because of the linemen. But because uh, we talked about – doing a little mock draft segment, I was like, hmm, let's go in and see what these guys are all about. And, dude, Lyman helped. <laughs> Whoa. Literally bears on the field. Bro, for real. Can I can I, can I, I get you my my Vikings pick here before we get into your team? Sure. You, you know them. You might vehemently disagree with me, right? But I saw you guys, not the best defense in the league, last year right pretty pretty low 25th and rushing too i had to look that one up uh, might be a little painful to hear but hey this is a time for improvement i have y'all with trayvon walker defensive lineman georgia i seen just just watching the tape i saw a missouri highlight he was playing mizzou and he just stuck his arms out bro and just ran right through the dude he's he's got such long arms he could not do anything the offensive lineman it was just he just bull rushed the guard, got a sack. I was like, that would be an incredible asset to have. I, I feel like this is like, a, I don't think he's going to be there. I feel like he'll be picked. But, you know, for y'all, I was thinking maybe a corner. But, man, it, a strong defensive lineman any day helps your team. Yeah, you know, uh, those my brain bones, uh, yada, 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 you know the verbiage. We're right. You're you hit the nail on the head. Minnesota defensively atrocious last year. Um, they are the reason why we didn't make the playoffs. Some could say Mike Zimmer was, <clears throat> but ultimately he's a defensive coach, and it falls on the play of the defense too. Yeah. Uh, ahead, and I was a little uh, biased here. I wanted this to happen, and hopefully it does. Speaking things in the manifestation. Um, <laughs> Defensive lineman as well, an edge rusher by the name of Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Um, that would be nice. Him up. Last year we had two edge rushers, one of which that didn't even play all year due to an injury, Daniil Hunter. But when he's healthy and you put him with Thibodeau on both edges, dude, I, I don't see any offenses having an easy day on a Sunday. I don't. No, and when, when I was watching – Kayvon Thibodeau tape, right? He, I mean, he's quick off the line. And, you know, I'm not saying he's the next Vaughn Miller, but that reminded me of Vaughn Miller because that's how, especially in, like, the middle of his career, I mean, this dude Vaughn would just, like, basically just kind of read the quarterback's mind as soon as it's about to get snapped. And that's kind of what I saw in Thibodeau. So if you guys can land that guy, yeah, I mean, instant contributor, highlight kind of guy. I saw Thibodeau kind of like a Jadavion Clowney in a sense when I was watching him. Just remind me of those South Carolina days in the early uh, 2010s. Uh, obviously, kind of like a different play style, different body build. Um, yeah. 
And too soon to tell. I hope he doesn't pan out the way Clowney did in his NFL career. Oh, no. <laughs> but coming out of college, the, the, the tenacity I saw, Thibodeau reminded me so much of that. So No, that would that would be great. I'm 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 excited. I can't believe it's like two weeks away already. Two weeks tomorrow, man. So it's I mean, for me the first round is gonna be kind of boring, but you could say our first round picks, Russell Wilson, baby. So <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, man. I'm going to get you into some sleepers. Please. Who, who is a sleeper in this draft for you? We're going to go two of them. Start you off. Who you got? All right. So I've got two offensive guys. One coming from the University of Georgia, Mr. Bulldog himself, James Cook, a running back. Oh, yeah. I see staying in the Peach State. I think Atlanta could use a running back. Uh, I think the one they currently have is a receiver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Is> a receiver. <laughs> they could use a bona fide running back. This guy's got some size. He's got the speed. Uh, pair it with an electric offense. Anything could happen. And if he's not taking all the snaps, if we're still splitting time with Cordero Patterson, then why not? You know what yeah. I mean, bro? I like that. I like that. I've seen, I've seen a few. Denver doesn't pick till sixty-four. Last pick in the second round. If we had him with uh, Javante Williams, man, that would be nice. That would be nice. I like that sleeper. I like that sleeper. Um, my second uh, wide receiver, Christian Watson. I see him going to the Jets. He comes from a school people know now but never did before, North Dakota State University. Um, the Giants need offensive help. Uh, I think having Daniel Jones on, on scene is – Veterans point. He's been there. He knows the system a little bit. Uh, bring in some extra talent. I like Christian Watson. He's a little under the radar. The FCS always is anyway, uh, but they've produced some good star talent. I think he could be a sleeper. Um, I see him panning out kind of like an Adam Thielen-esque. Um, they might utilize him more as a slot guy, to be honest with you, and that, that could be something that the Giants could benefit from a little bit more. Game with speed. He could. That's how I have a guy uh, from North Dakota State, and that's just who I see. I see the G-men taking him. I like him. I like it. The G-men or the Jets? The G-men. The G-men. You said Jets at first. Oh, did I? Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. They're both trash. They play in the same city. It's all good. It's all good. Oh. All right. You 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 went a little bit deeper. I. My, I, I think I could predict my first sleeper, right? I, he's not like a true sleeper for me, but, you know, it's kind of hard to go deep into this draft. But I picked a guy from UConn because who watches UConn? You know what I mean? Nobody nobody knew his name until the Senior Bowl, and he went off at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Defense alignment, Travis Jones, right? This is a big dude. I'm talking like a thick dude, bro. Like, this dude is a run stuffer. You know, he doesn't get that many sacks, only 8.5, but a guy that will command a double team. And, you know, in a, in a pass-first league, if you can stop the run, you know, you know, like, hey, this guy, we can't run on this guy. He's taking up two of our offensive linemen, a center and a guard, a guard and a tackle, whatever it is. I, I think he could be an immediate contributor. You know, I see him maybe maybe Cincinnati at the end of the first round. Uh, you, you know, Larry Ogunjobi is still up in the air for Cincinnati because um, he's, he's a free agent. So, I mean, they could use him. I think he's going to be there. I think he's definitely a guy that could slip maybe into the second round. But, no, I 
Man, I like him. He, he's he's strong. I'm definitely going to be watching him wherever he goes. And my second guy, I got a little bias here, a CU buff linebacker, like a true run stuff in. I'm going to find the ball, see the ball. I'm going to hit the ball no matter what, like a strong dude, Nate Landon. The last two years, probably haven't heard too much about him because he, well, last year he got injured. Year before that, in the final game of the year, uh, I think it was an Achilles injury, but 2019-2020, he was Pac-12 first team All Pac-12 linebacker. Mm. Um, I, this guy just—I mean—he plays so fast. He gets to the ball. He's instinctive. He's smart. There's one thing I think will drop him is of the linebackers who went to the combine, he was the second slowest. <laughs> and you know, in like a pass-first league, you know that could be definitely a liability, but. I think he's going to be a guy like a Vander Esch type, um, just sniffing out plays. I, I think his instincts are like second to none that I've really seen at the, you know, college. I mean, I watch Colorado football, you know, so we don't have much to cheer about. We don't have very, <laughs> very uh, good prospects. The best prospect we've had in the last couple of years is LaVisca Chanel, and he just can't stay healthy. But hopefully that's not the same for Nate Landman, man, because I see him as like, a long-term starter, a guy that's impacts, huge hitter. You know, he got a couple forced fumbles, a couple interceptions. Uh, I like it. I don't know where he's going to go. I think if he's drafted, it'll be fourth, fifth, you know, sixth round kind of guy. So, like, there's no sense in projecting that. That's crazy. But, no, um, keep your eye out for Nate Landman, Colorado linebacker. Mm, Wait, sounds like he uh... – minimizes mistakes and maximizes his opportunities and that's kind of all you need to do especially in a league absolutely you got to watch his uh 2018 tape against the nebraska corn hustlers that guy oh my goodness holy cow that's the game i was going to bring up are we talking about the uh the overtime win versus colorado versus uh yeah when they played nebraska was it in nebraska no it was in colorado no mm -mm. that must have been a year later Mm, okay that was a crazy like week two or something like that yeah yeah it was early it was early what 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 were you gonna bring up in that one uh i just i if he was he's the middle linebacker right yeah 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 i knew who he was but the man was balling bro balling that game that get that game was intense from start to finish i like that and it was great energy dude yeah i mean that you should hey you should watch just the highlights of a 2018 game First off, let me just get a little personal on this one. Colorado used to used to be rivals with Nebraska when they were both in the in the Big Twelve, right? Mm. And my whole life, I went to two Nebraska games. I watched them all TV. We always lose. We had never won. We finally beat them in 2018, man. I was in my I was in my house. I was jumping up and down. I shed a few tears because, you know, it was like childhood. Like, damn, I hate Nebraska so much. I was I was so happy to get that out. And Nate Landman was. And LaVisca Chanel, they, I mean, they were huge parts of that game. I, I, I love it. And it was in Nebraska, mm-hmm. in Lincoln. Mm. To give it to him, man. Rub it in, big red. That, I, I think that's going to wrap it up. For the most oh, – oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we go, um, David uh, Ojabo, right, Michigan, tore his Achilles at his pro day. Mm. Uh Guy projected projected top ten, probably gonna fall. Where where do you think a guy like that who had eleven sacks? You know he was 
on the opposite side of Aiden Hutchinson, who might be the first pick in the in the draft overall. But maybe Aiden Hutchinson, you know, he had a little success because of Ojabo. And Ojabo is a crazy athlete, right? And, you know, with um, Cam Akers, like he had an Achilles, but he came back for the playoffs with uh, the Rams. So where, where would you see a guy like that who you know when he's healthy and, you know, knock on wood that he gets back to being healthy? I mean, he's, he's a freak athlete, right? So, like, where, where would you draft a guy? Like, what kind of team – would take a flyer on a guy who might not play this first season at all, or, you know, if he does, maybe it's like a playoff run that he comes back for. Like what, what would be your thoughts on that? It would be a team that has a legitimate chance to make a deep board to, to spend weeks at a time to get this guy to be able to play. Um, it's a Use team as like reinforcements. Right. Right. It's a team that uh, would have depth and a team that plays in a tough division. And I think that team is the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North. They've historically had great defenders uh, for as long as I've lived, dude. Oh, they came. Uh, their whole Ed Reed, Ray Lewis. I mean, yeah. Yeah, most. It's just quality players. I see Jim Harbaugh taking a chance in this guy, letting him know what's happening, and giving him ample opportunity to get healthy. So when he's ready to roll, and it could be next year. Um, yeah, ready. I mean, because because Cam Akers came back, it was July that he tore his Achilles and he came back in, in uh, January. Yep. Right. So six months roughly. And uh, you know, that, that could be, that puts him where October, November. Yeah. December conservatively. That would, that would be cool too. go from the Harbaugh in Michigan to the Harbaugh in, uh, in Baltimore. That would be cool. And I don't even, when, when, when is the, uh, the, the Ravens draft. I, I mean, I don't know what what pick they have. Uh, they're fourteen in the first round. I don't see them spending a first round pick. Um, but if if they go, you know, second round, I I could see I could see a second round. I don't know if he's gonna get past the third round though. Yeah, that would be just because of the guy that he. I mean, eleven sacks. That was that was the top. I think eleven. I think that was tied for eleventh and the best in the nation. Mm. I mean, you got a guy who's productive, so. It's 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 it sucks. I don't know if you saw the video when he tore his Achilles, but it was definitely disheartening. Like they just picked up the ball and like going next rep, and he's like holding his leg. It was, man. I was like, really? But mm. yeah, man. No, I like it. That's I like that pick, especially because they missed out on your guy, your guy from Green Bay that you guys picked up. He really did, Darius Smith. Yes, sir. That guy's a beast. Minnesota's going to win a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteeing it? The second podcast in a row, you guaranteeing it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that uh, as a no. <laughs> just, just, just when it happens, you can say, see, I've been saying it all along. You know what I mean? <laughs> Type one of those. I'll guarantee it the day before. How about that? The day before. Okay. I like that. I like that. One more thing I want to do, actually. Before we close it out tonight, um, I want to give my sincerest apologies uh, to Bills Mafia. I've been encountered by a couple uh, Bills fans, actually, since our first podcast, who listened and heard me trashing on Josh Allen. Um, I spoke out of pocket. I'm upset. He hurled my boys. It is what it is. Um, the guy can play. Right. He's he's done great things for this Bills organization. He's young. He's got a lot of mileage left in the tank. Uh, I was wrong to talk about him, and I hope 
Bills Mafia can uh forgive me. So there's that. Yeah, they're gonna have to. I had a I had a Broncos fan even while he was listening text me and tell me, bro, he said Josh Allen was not that great. What? <laughs> and it was a million laughing emojis. So you know what? Uh, you apologizing to America right now. Man. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good, man. Josh, Josh Allen, if you're listening to this. Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> which I highly, highly guarantee that you're not. Uh, I do apologize. I spoke out of turn. Um, yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll retract. No, that, that's good. That's good. Right. That's by good. I like it. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good way to, to end it, you know? Making up for our mistakes, you know, it's good not to just stand by when you're wrong. You got to admit it sometimes. I mean, not saying that you were wrong. You know, maybe he's not your top guy. That's fair. That's definitely fair. But, definitely. you know, if you take some heat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, top. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. We, we will get you guys next week. Kyle, my boy, it was it was good talking to you. Hopefully next week I'm not as nasally, a little congested. I shouldn't be. So it's the allergies, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, next week for sure we'll be right back in here. Uh, we'll get you up to date on some more news uh, and, and and a rundown of our topics. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you again next Wednesday. All right. See you.